Well, amen, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are currently in our second week of this series that is titled God is With Us. We're following this through the Lenten season where we're going through a study by Max Lucado from a book that's titled Jesus, the God who knows your name. Now, I want to say thank you so much. Before I continue on with the message, I do want to say thank you to the church, to our staff, to our leadership council, our trustees, uh, in welcoming our guest speaker last week, which was the Reverend John Bryce from St. James, the uh, United Methodist Church in Olney section of Philadelphia. Uh, He brought the message. I mean, I heard that he was powerful. In fact, I actually uh, saw the video of our worship service and brought the message that really set it up for the rest of this series. And uh, if you missed it, I encourage you to check out uh, that, that service on our YouTube channel at New Hanover United Methodist and uh, click on the, uh, that service. But don't do it now because we, we're right here in worship, okay? Uh, and, and so I want to say thank you uh, to him. He brought that message. And uh, the reason why he was here is because it allowed for me to represent this church over in Puerto Rico where there was our partner church, which is uh, Villa Fontana. And back in 2017, the Hurricane Maria wreaked havoc throughout the island and uh, other parts. But in Puerto Rico, there was several churches who had been destroyed because of the hurricane. And then in that uh, uh, Christmas time, we had six worship services where we collected uh, uh, money for the church. And we had collected $87,000 to help with the uh, rebuilding the roof as well as uh, the um, other 37000 was going to be for the, the purchase of a van. And so I, I have a few pictures, if they haven't shown everybody, of what it was before, uh, because I want to at least provide you with some pictures of what it was uh, here. So if you look at the, uh, like the bell tower, if you look at even the, uh, that's the guys from our church who went and fixed the bell tower, and there was a cross all the way at the top that a piece of it already had been torn off. They found that was they were cleaning up some of the areas, and then the guys came together. I don't know what they did, whether they soldered it, things. Even the pastor says that's not going anywhere. And uh, and there's the bell that's uh, that's there. And then inside, you'll actually see that the, 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 there was no roof on one section of the uh, uh, inside of the sanctuary. Uh, this is where they were also working on. You saw that the the, uh, the top of the roof, how it was devastating, and there was actually also a, a, a hole on the roof. And uh, so there, the, the guys were working up top. Uh, I believe there was a, uh, uh, a, a week, a six days that they took to redo that side of the roof. And so is there a picture of the, of the there's, there's, there it is there. Now, that's not supposed to be there, ladies and gentlemen, okay? That's actually part of the sanctuary where the roof had been blown off and the beautiful sky that's up there. But this is what they saw. So I want you to keep that in mind because here as I got there on and, uh, uh, this past week and I went to the, the church, it was a parking lot. One of the first things I saw before I even walked inside of the sanctuary because I was so excited that there was a rededication service after almost five years. Keep in mind, Hurricane Maria was in September of 2017, and it is now when they are rededicating the building. And so, uh, so before I walked in, I saw something that was like, man, I said, I got to take a picture of this. Is actually the van. The van as they go around, they pick up people. Uh, and, and if you don't see it, I had to get a little close-up shot, and this is what they did. It's so cool. I mean, amen, amen. And so I said, man, I'm excited. Woo! Let me, let me go inside. And so as I opened the door, 
man, the emotions just hit me so much because I had seen the before, as you saw a picture, but I was there in person, and this is the result of what it looks like now. Praise God. Amen. And they were, they were worshiping people from the community, people who had known what the devastation of the Hurricane Maria had done, the pastor going and preaching, and he brought out his guitar, and he's singing, and, and it, it, uh, the service was about two hours, but it's one of those services that didn't even feel like two hours. You just, you know, in celebration mode and giving honor and glory to God, and, and then they walk outside, and the people are gathered before going back inside because we wanted to make sure that we put our hands on the building and ask for a blessing over it. And then as we finished out, they went and they offered food. And I, I said, yes, you know. <laughs> we have food, but again, this, look at the beautiful sanctuary that they have now, again, after five years. And here, if you see those pews, those pews are, not only did we give financially, but our youth went down. Apart from the mission strip for the construction of the roof, our youth went down. They redid all those pews. They, uh, and then they, they, they painted it. And so I'm sitting down. I'm all, I'm all an emotional wreck because I'm sitting down knowing that I'm sitting in a pew that the youth had worked on. And then I look above and I see the drop ceiling. And, and, I, and I remember Tony Bohr and, and uh, Matt Savino had gone at one time to take measurements uh, and provided them with the blueprints. And, and above that, I remember our, our group who had gone to do the roof in six days. I'm talking about like Jeff. Frasca, uh, uh, Mark Thomas, the, uh, the Ed Curran, uh, there's, there's some, there was 10 of them. And what a blessing it was. So I'm an emotional wreck, and, I, I, and as I'm, I'm sitting there, then the leaders start speaking about the blessing and the rededication, and they said, when they were down and out, when they thought that there was no more hope for them after receiving that devastation of that hurricane, and then they said there were these angels from New Hanover came. And they brought us, gave us hope to start all over again. And that we were not alone. And then the pastor, in the midst of his speaking, he, he goes and he shares more words. And those words were at the very moment when he was so down and out that there was discouragement in the midst of the congregation and, and not feeling the support from others that he knew that he can call somebody. And it says, and that person I was able to call, it was Pastor Ricky, that is throughout this process and the time of, of, of discouragement and despair and things, I was able to call him and, and I don't call him my pastor, but I call him my friend. And so I had something in my eye. And I cleaned it out, and then whatever I had in that eye went to the other eye. <laughs> it was very heartfelt. That after eating, and I was heading out, and I said, oh, I gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta do something to, you know, to show the church from the, and, and this is a little video I took from the bell tower. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. 
It's been a while since I've heard the church bells and that I got to ring it. It was pretty cool. But it was, uh, again, not only financially that we supported them, but we, through prayer, through support, through the labor, uh, it, it, was, it was awesome. So just know that you have a church. Every time you go into Puerto Rico, they said, if, if you're going to Puerto Rico, you got to stop by Villa Fontana Church because that's also your home in Puerto Rico. And uh, I, I want to say thank you for your prayers, your support, and your generosity throughout all this. Let's continue praying for them. Uh, in the midst of that, you know that God works in mysterious ways. If you don't know, let me tell you right now, he works in mysterious ways. In fact, God knew what kind of message I was going to be bringing here today, and the, and the topic was friends. And, and, and here he, here's pastor over last Sunday. He's saying he's no longer, you know, throughout this process, he's no longer a pastor, but he's my friend. And you know what? I don't know about you, but when I thought about friends, uh, if, I, if I ask you individually, which I won't do today, if I ask you individually, I says, when you, when, do you have any friends? You'd probably be like, oh yeah, I got this one. I got that one. And this one, I don't know about, but you know, I, I, I can get along with them, all right? Or maybe you're looking for a friend. So if you're looking for a friend or more friends, what is it that you're looking for in that person? Is it more loyalty? Is it that you can trust that person? Is it someone like a pastor that he can call up at any time and, and he'd be able to get that other person on the other line and just say, hey, how you doing, pastor? Or if he says, I'm not doing well, I'm going through this, going through that, and, and I'm here listening to them, uh, listening to him, and when we pray together, even over the phone that we're separated by miles, uh, miles apart, but by the phone call, it feels like we're there. Are you looking for somebody that... After work on Fridays, you can call them up and say, I need something to eat. I need something to drink. Can you go with me? I just want to be with somebody that's, that's not from people from work or it's not from people from my family or it's not from people from my school. Maybe you're looking for somebody like that. Maybe you're looking some, uh, talking about eating. In the scriptures, actually Jesus went and he ate with so many people. And I love that part of Jesus. He liked to eat. He probably don't have, I don't think he looked like me with, you know, with all this, but he loved to eat. He was able to spend time with people. Knowing that he was God, he was also the son of man, and by being part of man, he didn't represent himself in a way that he says, oh, this is God, this is the way you're going to do it. He would just say, can we go eat? Actually, one of the examples that we had was a couple of weeks ago when I spoke about Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. He went up and he heard that Jesus was coming and he got on top of a tree and then Jesus called him by name and he says, hey, you got to come down because I'm going to go eat at your place. I'm thinking, oh man, not that I would do it, but I'm thinking, what if I, I, I did that? What if I'd be like, hey, Tim, I'm going to your house tonight. Just saying. Right? <laughs> I'm going to your house tonight, you know. Hey, Dan, I'm, hey, hey, next, next Wednesday, I'm going to your house tonight, that, that, that night. And I don't want this hot dog stuff. I, I want a steak. I want loaded mashed potatoes with the bacon bits, and it has to be crispy. You know what I mean? No. Oh, oh she does that? Okay, cool. Hey, can imagine, like, man, Jesus was cool, man. Hey, get down. I'm going to your house. You know, let's have a meal. But you know what? I jokingly say that, but oh, Jesus wanted to build relationships with people. And that's one of our core values is relationship. When we deal with uh, uh, having a relationship with somebody is to get, to get to know them a little more. And how do you get to know them a little more? You spend time with them. 
You have a drink or you have a meal with them and talk about things. Maybe you're looking for somebody as a friend who will just be there at any moment, whether you're celebrating or whether you're going through a tragedy or, or going through something worse. That somebody can just be there. I have uh, more than one, but I, I'll speak to uh, regarding one individual uh, who's really close friend, very close friend of mine. He's like a brother, and I, actually I introduce him as my brother. That, that's how close we are. There was a time when we went out to the mountains, and it was just he and I as we prepared the, uh, the, the location for the family to come over. And the next morning, uh, he had made, had made coffee, and we went outside in the deck area, and it was beautiful woods. There was you know, nothing else around, and, and so quiet. And the only thing you could hear was, that's just us sipping coffee. Even with the little pinky up, you know, if I had to. And there was one point that by the third or fourth sip, he was like, yep. I just busted out laughing at you. Know, and almost the, the, the coffee came out because it was so quiet. And he, it didn't matter. How many of us feel like when we have somebody with us that we have to come up with a topic to speak? Okay, can't we enjoy silence? And sometimes, some people be like, oh, silence speaks the worst. I need to have something, whether it's music or having a conversation. If I, don't, if I don't know what the conversation, I'll just come up with something. I can't be quiet. No, but sometimes if you could just sit down, like my brother, like my great friend, it's just to be able to sit down, enjoy the person's presence. But well, sometimes we seek more. So what are you looking for in a friend? How about if you're looking for a friend and you talk to them, do you actually say, hey, I want to be your friend? It's a possibility. I remember growing up, uh, hey, I want to be your friend. As adults, that kind of sounds a little silly, all right? But are, are you asking the individual, hey, I want the only reason that I want to be your friend is that in case something's going to happen to me, I need for you to get in front and I need you to die for me. What? Uh-uh, it's not happening, right? That, no. It's like, you're going to ask me that already? It's like, well, that's the, you, to die for you? But you know what? That's what Jesus would say. In fact, open up your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 15. I'm going to be reading on verse, beginning on verse 9. The Gospel book of John, chapter 15, beginning on verse 9. Now, as you're looking for it, you can open up in your devices also. I just like to have the, uh, the sound of pages turning. I love having a hard copy of the Bible. Uh, but as you're looking for it, Jesus is speaking here about the, the, the true vine and the branches and the, the, the importance of being connected. So in verse 9, if you have found it, please indicate by saying amen. All right. Uh, so on verse 9... I'm reading from the NIV version. So here, uh, here, here as I read. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And I love the, actually the verse 13 that follows where it says, greater love has no man, no one, actually no one than this, that he lay down his life 
for his friends. Jesus is speaking already there. It says, no greater love than the love of someone who can give their life for their friend. You see, now Jesus is speaking here by words, but we also know that he did it in action. But at that very moment while he's speaking this to those individuals, they didn't know what was to happen. They didn't know exactly what was to take place, and Jesus is saying no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And so not only is Jesus speaking it, he does it. I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible then to the book of Luke, chapter 23, where I'll be reading verse uh, 40. Now, as you're looking for it, this is part of the crucifixion time when Jesus is already on the cross and next to him on each side is a criminal on the cross. And they're having this conversation in between them and one of the criminals already spoken until we find ourselves on verse 40. This is the other one. It says, but the other criminal rebuked him, meaning the other, the other one that spoke. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, referring to Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Let me pause there for a moment. When we look for friends and we, and we know that we have friends and, and we look for loyalty, we look for trust, are you looking for somebody that can actually hold you accountable or are you only looking for people that just hear you out and don't say anything in return? So for example, whatever you're going through and another, your friend goes and says, you shouldn't do that, you're going the wrong direction. No, no, just keep that to yourself. I just want you to listen to me. Or are you truly wanting a friend that will hold you accountable, something that they can see beyond what you're seeing because you are so caught up in the very moment that you don't see what's happening ahead. And here's a friend who loves you, who cares for you, and is telling you, don't go that route. This is where you're going, and you shouldn't do that. And then all of a sudden, there has been times that we leave those individuals because, oh, that person never listens to me or always has something else to say or, or doesn't want me to do what I want to do. But here Jesus is coming in and he's meeting with individuals and having meals with them. And, and any time that Jesus spent time with them, there was a change in that person's life. And here on the cross... Here's another man who is saying, remember me. No one wants to die alone. And here Jesus in the midst of his pain and his agony remembers that individual says, look, today you will be with me in paradise. That, and a little side note, as I remember this passage, there are times that we don't help other people out when we're hurting ourselves. I really believe that in the midst of what Jesus was going through, his own agony, his own pain, his own tears, and knowing what was to come, he, he paused what was going to give that man 
who was at, he didn't, he didn't want to die alone. I can only imagine, uh, if uh, the Bible doesn't clearly say this, but I can only imagine if he was feeling that he was going to die alone and nobody else was with him because they only thought about him as a thief or a murderer or whatever it may be because whatever they were being punished for, it, it was because of their deeds. And so there was nobody else there, but he reached out to Jesus and in the midst of his, Jesus' pain and agony, he still responded saying, today you'll be with me. No one wants to die alone. It's not good for us to live isolated lives. Don't get me wrong. There are times that I need to get away from everything, but only for a certain time I need to be around people. I'm a a relational guy. So here this man is saying, remember me. So here Jesus saying, no greater love than to lay down a life for a friend. And he does it. And we know the result that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me. And then he took on the, our sins, the one that we were, we were heading towards hell. And then we didn't, we, 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 he intercepted it and he took on our sin. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse, I believe it was 20 or 21, it says that God created him, he, that, that, that God made him Jesus who knew no sin to become sin for us. And because of him, Jesus Christ, we are the righteousness of God. I think about the song that says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh. For Jesus to do that and take it on, it's like no, no greater friend. It, it, Again, if you go to somebody and says, can you put your life in front of mine so that way I can live and be like, whoa, no. But here Jesus took it on. He took on your sin that as we were heading towards hell and Jesus interrupted and he says, no, let me take it on. And he became the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for you and for me that his blood was shed for our sins that we can be called the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. That and then all of a sudden becomes more than just our Lord and our Savior. But man, the time that Jesus was showing it with his disciples, he came to a point and said, you are no longer What this is in our relationship, our relationship has been elevated. Now I can call you friend. Where is our relationship with God? Do we just know him by name? Again, this series in itself is, is Jesus, the God who knows your name. But Jesus knows us, and, but he doesn't only just know our name. He wants to know more about us. He wants to spend time with you. So the times of the biblical times that Jesus spent with his disciples and other people, he still wants to spend time with all of us today. And in fact, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Look, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear my voice and you open your door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. So the door of our hearts, the doors of our minds, the doors of our lives, sometimes would be like, no, I want to invite Jesus in, but into my life, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want Jesus, uh, I want to invite Jesus into my mind, but I am a mess. 
Wait, let's wait until everything that I am going through and all the wrong things in my life and all the sin and all the stuff that's gone through, let me clear that stuff up first before I invite Jesus in. And I'm encouraging you, don't wait. Jesus has been calling people on a daily basis as here, I'm I'm at the door, can you let me in? But he's not going to force himself on you. It's a method of invitation that says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. It's only when we say, okay, Jesus, I am so messed up. My house is out of order. But I've heard today that even if I invite you in, that you won't judge me for who I am, but you will cleanse me, God. And, And because the same way that he met with the people having a meal together, there was a change in their lives. We can have a change in our lives. Well, you'll let Jesus in and start building a relationship. You may not call him a friend right there at the very beginning because, again, even the disciples took time to learn from Jesus for him to come to a point that says, you are my friend. You approach God with reverential fear, not the fear to uh, uh, remain away from him, but how to get closer. How you get closer and get to know a friend of yours, you start asking the questions. What about Jesus? Hear, hear me out. I'm inviting you in, and let's have a cup of coffee for, you know, I'll have a cup of coffee. I just want to be able to talk to you, God, and, and to, for you to know and for me to share with you what I'm going through. Not that Jesus doesn't know, but it's good for you to get the stuff out of your system so that way you can feel that God is listening to you. That it goes beyond just uh, being a Lord and Savior that all of a sudden you can say, man, uh, uh, God, here you are. You are my friend. You died for me. That's the greatest love. Your word says the greatest love is to lay down your life for a friend. Thank you that you have done it for me even when I have not been a good friend to you. Even when I have not been a good disciple for you. Even when I have not been a great ambassador and I'm supposed to be representing you, I'm so sorry, God. Don't let time go to waste. Invite Jesus into your heart so you can build that relationship and you can say, Jesus, you're the friend. You're the friend of sinners. You're the God who knows my name. Let us pray. Loving and most gracious, most holy God, as we come before your presence, we thank you for this day. For receiving your word today that you want a a closer relationship with each and every one of us. That we have heard today that you have given your life. No greater love than to lay down his life for his friend. And here you are, God, laying your life for me. When all that I deserve was to die and go to hell, here you are, God, intervening, taking my place, that I become the righteousness of God through you. Help us, Lord, and... Thank you that you've given us another day of life that we can, we have heard your knocking before, but we were afraid to answer because we would be embarrassed for what you will see, God. And and here we are. I pray, God, you give the courage, you give the strength to those who are hesitant. That when you show up, God, you're showing up as a God of peace, a God of love. also God of understanding, that you will help them clean house, 
that they can be a true representative of you. We ask in the sweet name of Jesus, amen and amen.